really changed a lot of my strategy. Instead of just thinking, what do I want to share with the world? I still think that, but I instead first think about what would people click on? Uh, and not in a, in a clickbait baity way where, oh, I got them. I got them to click. Like, so I, I, I want to deliver on the premise of the video, but I, but first and foremost, I want them to click on the video. Welcome to the Boss Club Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow your business faster, more profitably, and with fewer mistakes. And now your hosts, David Grubbs and Charlie Gassmeyer. Welcome to the Boss Club Podcast. I'm David Grubbs, and I'm joined by my co-host, Charlie Gassmeyer. Today, we've got part four of our series on YouTube and launching a new YouTube channel. We've already covered the topics of creating content, how to actually drive traffic and grow the channel. And we, in our last week's episode, we talked about how to monetize and make money with YouTube. Today, we want to kind of peer into the future a little bit and give you some ideas of things you might have to encounter, challenges you might experience, and some fun, unexpected things that might happen to you along the way. We just want to make sure that you're prepared, uh, both for the goods and the bads that may be in your future if this is something you choose to pursue. So I know uh, I've experienced some of this vicariously just being, you know, a a coworker and a, a peer of Charlie's and also a friend. We've gone flying together and uh, I've experienced, um, you know, fans of his out in the wild. And so it's been really interesting to kind of see how things have changed over the years. Um, and so I just want to open this up, Charlie. Um, let's start out by talking about some of the challenges or some unexpected obstacles you've experienced over the years. And I, the reason I'm doing this is I just want to prepare people. Um, so that they can think ahead a little bit and just understand that there may be some security issues or you're going to have to deal with some trolls. So I just want to open this up. Uh, I'll let you just kick off and start wherever you want. What are what are some challenges that you've had? Well, I think the first thing that I experienced was was on my 36th video where where um, it, at least in my uh, context, th- things went viral, didn't go viral like, you know, like really mainstream brands go viral. But for me, it was, it was, I was getting 2000 views an hour on, on this uh, video and uh, which was awesome. But that was the first time I used to read, I used to read all my comments and this was the first time I was encountering trolls and uh, the community I'm a part of just kind of for, for online, like blogging and, and, um, uh, YouTube stuff. I posted on it. I said, Hey, this is happening. Uh, like you guys have any advice on how to deal with trolls? Like people either just saying, um, they usually weren't even like based on anything. They didn't have like a really valid point to make against me. They would just make fun of my appearance or my weight or something. I was like, why would someone be so rude? And I was pretty disappointed that the feedback I got from most people was like, man, I wish my channel was that big. Like consider that a blessing. You're big enough to have trolls. It was, it was, it was all that kind of stuff. And I was really surprised. Like really, does no one have any like practical advice for this? And so I had to kind of figure out my own and the way that I ended up dealing with trolls, um, was I hired someone to help screen all my comments uh, to where basically I've, I've got this piece of software I use where she can let through the the comments that she thinks are 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 um, you know useful and worth seeing, and she can block the ones that aren't, and so that I don't have to um, really really view those. And and it's um, it's gonna be different for everybody, but for me, I started to like when I was still reading all my trolls and stuff, and I didn't have that many, but you'd have a hundred good comments and then one really negative one. It'd really get in your head, at least for me it was. And you start thinking, like, as you're filming videos, if you had something to say, all of a sudden you can think, Oh, I bet someone would say this to that, or they would disagree and point this out. And it really got in my head and it got hard to create content confidently. Uh, but but having someone help me out with that to where I didn't have to worry about seeing the unreasonable things people say, 
uh, really help. But I, I still ask her to, to let through the ones where if they have like a, a respectful disagreement or an apt point to make, like I want to see that. I want to have that conversation. But if they're just like calling me names, like, hey, nobody needs to read that. So that was the first thing I encountered was trolls. And I did not view that as a, uh, as a you know, a rite of passage. It's like, oh, good. I got trolls. Like it didn't feel like that, but I got it solved. Yeah, I can't imagine having people tear you apart in the comments is actually a, a, a good feeling by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. So I'm glad you're able to find a way to not have to even see those, but at the same time, be able to talk to people that have constructive comments and things that you actually want to engage with. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, the next thing I'm kind of curious about is this the volume and time management of all this. I mean, you know, you you in the previous video recommended launching several videos on the first day and then followed that up by launching even maybe two two videos a week for a while until you've got a base. And then maybe you can move on to one video a week like what you're publishing right now. But that's a lot of time. You're having to film the videos. You're having to then edit the videos and then publish those videos, not, on, not to mention design thumbnails. So, you know, what's the investment and in, in time in doing this? And are do you have staff that help you with this? Are you doing it all by yourself? You know, how did you get started and how do you do it today? I, well, I started by uh, hiring some of my friends to help me with it. And I was paying them for every new video. And I figured out that was unsustainable. And I was just losing a lot of money on it. So I thought, well, I'll just learn how to edit videos. And so I was I kind of taught myself Premiere for a while. And I was I was um, I, I did that for probably 50 videos or something. And it was really time consuming because I'm not even a good at video editor, but I was really slow. And so for the longest time, once I, once, once I started getting traffic, I thought, man, this is, this, I've got something here. I need to be consistent about it. And so that's when I started posting every Monday morning. Um, and, uh, just because you're saying like it's time consuming at, you know, work and everything going on. I filmed and edited all my videos on like Sunday afternoons and Sunday evenings, which was horrible. Like it was horrible for my mental health is horrible, like horrible in a lot of ways. And eventually it was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this anymore. Uh, but I wanted to continue to, um, to create content. So I ended up hiring an editor and that was a process to find one that was a good fit for me. And, um, it, it all worked out. But once I hired an editor, that, that was a game changer, like a total game changer because it, it took, you know, a video would take me 10 hours to make between the ideation and the filming and the editing. Editing usually took me about six hours and then posting and everything. So it went from it taking me like 10 hours to taking like, maybe two hours, which is a huge deal. And you can reallocate that other time elsewhere. Um, so that was a really, really big boost. And that's where I'm at now where I can, I can crank them out a lot more efficiently. Got you. And do you have any recommendations on where someone might look to find a video editor? Is that something you just find online or, or where did you find them? Yeah, there's not a silver bullet for this. Um, you know, you can, you can look on Upwork certainly, um, and, and other, you know, kind of, kind of gig based websites and, and so to speak. Um, the way that I ended up finding Dallas is the name of my editor and we live in Dallas. So it's kind of, kind of funny. But the way I found Dallas is I actually just started looking for local video editors because the size of the files when you're working with 4K video and stuff is really big. And it's, it's, it's pretty clunky to transfer over the web. And so I needed, I preferred someone in town that I could literally hand over a hard drive to. And so I found, I found someone and I reached out and, uh, he said, no, I, I don't have time to do this for you, but this is a guy I use sometimes on the side. And it was Dallas. And then I reached out to Dallas and he ended up being an awesome fit. Uh, it's been great. In fact, it's done a lot of work at Boss Club for us. And so, um, it's one of those things you just got to put your ear to the ground and ask, start asking around and see what you can find. If you can find someone local, all the better, just if you need to transfer big files. But, um, you know, 
the internet's your friend on this too. You can find a lot of people that can do this for you. The main thing, honestly, the main thing is just cost. Like if you're producing videos up front and you're not yet monetizing your videos, like paying for YouTube, uh, unless it's being subsidized by something else, like another part of your business that's making a lot of money and you want to take some of that to fund your YouTube, like it's hard to do. And so most people just start out by editing it themselves. That's what I did, you know, for 50 videos or something until, uh, until I hired Dallas. Well, that makes sense. And I, I could see how that'd be a huge time saver and, and make this a lot easier to go pull off. Um, something else that I know has changed a lot for you dramatically um, over the last few years is, you know, a third of you, the videos that you've created at this point um, were for an audience of less than 10,000 people. So it was at video 36 and you're a little over 100 videos now. You know, at video 36, the things really started to take off. And now you're at over 70,000 subscribers. But before that, you know, the first third of all your videos were done for less than 10,000 subs. So, you know, how has coming up with ideas for videos and filming videos and putting videos together changed uh, based on the size of the audience? Has that changed at all? Is it the same? Um, you know, maybe if you can kind of give a, a window into what that looks like for folks so they can prepare for it once they their channel grows. Yeah. Well, in fact, it's worse than that, David. I think my, my first 35 videos were for an audience of less than a hundred and I celebrated and <laughs> made a big, big, big deal. And I crossed a hundred subscribers. And then I think I had like 130 or something when, when that video took and that got me a few thousand subscribers. And then it's been growing since then. And I've, I'll, I'll, I should cross 70,000 this weekend. Um, but yeah, the, it has changed. Like we talked about in one of the previous episodes, like I've really changed a lot of my strategy instead of just thinking, what do I want to share with the world? I still think that, but I instead first think about what would people click on? Uh, and not in a, in a clickbait baity way where, Oh, I got them. I got them to click. Like, so I, I, I want to deliver on the premise of the video, but I, but first and foremost, I want them to click on the video. So that's changed a lot. And, and one of the negatives about that, um, that I kind of wanted to cover in this too is that now that I know, that even for my videos that underperform, like they're going to get thousands of views. Um, it has become a little bit more intimidating to make content. And I really have to, like some weeks I'm pretty good about this. Some weeks I really struggle with this to know, like you just got to push through it. Like you can't let your creative mind slow down just because you know the stakes are higher, um, that more people might watch it. Or I know if I put out a video that that just has a really banger, um, you know, title, thumbnail combination, a lot of people click on it, it could get 20,000 views in the first day. And then you put out something you think is going to do well and it got like 2,000 views. Where like I really have to remind myself like, hey, not that long ago, if it got 2000 views in the first day, like I would, I would have, I mean, I would have been like jumping off the ceiling, like, like so excited, you know, that I got 2000 views and all of a sudden now, oh yeah, but it's not 20. So I'm not happy. Like you really have to talk to yourself and remember like, Hey, this is a huge blessing. This is super cool. And you can't like, you can't just keep adding zeros to it and be disappointed now because the, you know, Oh, it's only 2000. Like, Hey, it's 2000. That's pretty cool. But, um, I, I heard someone describe it well the other day that like, someone's struggling with this, that if you're worried so much about how your content is going to do, you start actually editing the video in your mind while you're creating the premise of the video. And that can just really stifle your, your creativity because you just mean to say, no, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. No one's going to resonate with that. And then you're too intimidated. You're too scared to even come up with anything in the first place and maybe take some risks and try some new things. Um, so that's something I've struggled with of, of just the, the stakes are higher. I might still be filming in the same studio and still filming to the same camera and stuff. But all of a sudden, you know, there's tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of people on the other side of that camera. You just kind of can't think about it <laughs> too long or else you'll you'll get discouraged. You'll be too scared to try anything at all. Well, that's that's definitely good feedback. And I think that's something, 
for all of us to be aware of is that, uh, you know, this is something that you've got to enjoy doing in the first place. And, and it's a creative outlet. And so, uh, don't pay too close attention to the numbers and trying to appease people at the end of the day, you're trying to deliver con- valuable content for people and it's not going to resonate with everybody and that should be okay. So anyway, I, I think that's good advice. And you, and you have to remember that, that that for the most part, like they're not your paying customers either. Like it's so easy to think, man, but I've got my subscribers that want to hear from me. And like, yeah, they, they probably do. But like they'll live if you don't put out a video. Like they're they're not. And even if they were paying you, like they will live. And so it's really easy to accidentally be a slave to it and think I got to put out this video that's going to do well or whatever. Um, you know, you still just need to be you and say, hey, if my channel is growing, it's because people seem to like what you have to say or what you're doing. So just keep doing that and, and try not to think, try not to be scared in that process, which is a lot easier said than done. Um, I tend to get scared sometimes and I don't want to try new things. And a lot of times I have to just like default to action and be like, no, I know what this video is on. Like, let's go hit record and don't think about it because there's no reason to be afraid of this. You just like gotta keep doing what you're doing. Well, I think that's really, really solid advice. Um, the, the next thing I wanted to talk about here is something I've gotten experience uh, myself with you. And, and for those of you who don't know, I've known Charlie for a long time, over 10 years, and, and we've been flying together for a long time too. Um, and so we've, we've been all over Texas flying together and, uh, and various aircraft, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. In fact, we filmed a video or two videos that's in our boss club uh, curriculum for schools and, and for individuals. And if you end up going through that course, you'll, you'll see, we do some videos where we talk about business uh, through the lens of flying. And, and those are a lot of fun, but actually while we were filming that episode, it was pretty funny because we landed in a little airport and we get out and we, we go to buy some fuel. And uh, you know, the guy that was serving us uh, recognized Charlie from his channel. And so he has a little bit of a celebrity status in the in the airplane community, and so it's been pretty cool to watch that because now just about anywhere Charlie flies, people people know him, and it's like he has a relationship with him, even though you know it's it's only one way. It's it's through YouTube, and so that's been pretty cool to to watch. But Charlie, I'm sure there's pros and cons to that. So, do you have any kind of feedback and advice for folks as as their channel grows when it comes to this? Yeah, let's take the con first. And then I think that wraps up the cons list, honestly, is that you do have to be mindful of the security of all of this. Like if um, I think a lot of people want the outcomes of YouTube and things, but they don't, including myself, might not even think about the implications of it. Like if a bunch of people know you or like you or want to follow you, like there are horror stories in the news of, you know, people getting stalkers and people, you know, getting attacked. I mean, let's just call it what it is. That's obviously a very, very rare scenario, but you do have to be very mindful um, and very careful about what information you are willing to share online. And so, um, like, for example, I ended up having to block my tail number. Uh, the tail number is in the FAA registry and stuff. And so there's services online where you can go track tail numbers and, you know, hey, Charlie landed in Austin or Charlie's back in Dallas or he's home now or maybe, no, he's in Idaho right now. Like, that used to be all public information. And I actually had the FAA block it because I ran into some issues of just nothing bad happened. But it just, I was, it was getting a little too, I was getting a little uncomfortable that people, um, I don't have to go into all the details. I was getting a little uncomfortable that people could track me. Um so I had to kind of up the security a little bit on that. Um, but the 
the plus side of that is that, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool whenever you get to meet people offline that have developed a relationship with you online. Um, and they say, Hey, I watch all your videos and I really loved like your outlook on this. That really helped me. And, and here's how I implemented that in my life. And here was the outcome. Like that might, that might sound staged. It's not. I run into people all the time. They're like, you know, your video that like, Hey, was encouraging me to like, you know, stop watching YouTube videos and actually go get my pods license. Like I did that and I soloed last week and here I am. And it's cool getting to meet you. Like that happens all the time. And so it's really, really cool to see the offline impact of something um, that that even just me sitting here in this studio recording things into a little camera are, are getting to help real people and there's real stories that are coming out of it. So that's a that's a huge benefit. And you know it's always fun to get recognized. Like it, it's kind of cool. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I no, nothing's changed for me on my side. Like I'm still just producing videos the same as like the same Nothing's changed about my life since I had 50 subscribers to having 70,000 subscribers, but suddenly people recognize me. I'm like, I'm still the same dude, but, uh, but, but people seem to know who I am in, in certain circles. Well, it's, it's been pretty cool to watch, at least from the side of it. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of benefits to growing a YouTube channel. You can make money doing it. It promotes your brand. It, it develops a, a much more uh, loyal audience that you can then monetize later or connect with to do a lot of things. So there's a lot of things you can do with it, but um, are there any other periphery benefits or fun things that you've seen along the way? I would say the biggest benefit of YouTube, um, I mean, other than like helping a lot of people because the, the you know, one of, one of the main uh, focuses of the channel is to really help get more people into aviation. Like pilots are kind of a dying breed. They're the numbers are shrinking. I want more people to experience aviation. I think by me just trying to be an average Joe, telling other people how this is something you can do with your time, I really think I can make a difference and help more people fly. So that, I mean, that's 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 a, a huge um, mission of the channel. But it's also got to be a sustainable business, or else you can't perpetuate that mission. So it needs to make money. It needs to be something repeatable. And so. One of the rewarding sides when it comes to the business side of it is it's really, really rewarding to now be at the point to where I know even if I have a video that doesn't get as, as widespread as maybe some of my other ones, I know every Monday morning when I publish a video, as soon as I publish it, like you go to the restroom and then you come back and it's gotten like 50 views and 10 likes. Like it's really, really cool. Not not for the vanity metric of it, but it's really rewarding to know you have um, you have a microphone. And so if you want to get a message out that's either going to help a lot of people or push a product or help monetize the business like you have a direct channel, like that's a really cool place to be because that's one of the hardest parts of business is to have a captive audience, have have people that you can reach that are interested in what you have to say or what you have to offer. And now that I feel like I've maybe arrived a little bit in that perspective that I know I have an audience and I have, um, I can, I can get traffic if I want traffic, like that's really rewarding because it took a lot of work to get here. Um, and so it's really great to be able to think of the ideas of like, what message could I get out there? How could I help more people? Or if, you know, one promotion I did a while ago was like, Hey, I'm just going to pay for a few people to take your first flight. I don't know you. I don't even know the, the flight school you're going to be flying with, but I will pay for it. And I did a contest and it was a giveaway. I got nothing out of it. I just wanted to get more people in the air. And it was really cool to know, like I can put out a video like that. And it's going to help people. And a lot of people are going to see it. It's fun, like to start thinking, well, what other things could I do? knowing that people are, are actually going to see it and view it and interact with it. So that's, that's been a hugely rewarding thing. Well, speaking of giving the microphone to somebody, uh, we've, we've gone through four parts now uh, talking about, you know, beginning to end the whole process of launching a YouTube channel, at least at a high level. Um, is there any parting advice or anything else that you want to say about the topic before we move on? Yeah, well, the rabbit hole goes deep. I think uh, this is what I encourage people with on, on airplane academies, I think the 
best thing you can do if you're wanting to pursue this is just start. And in fact, I put out a video this week, actually, as of this filming, that the last point I made on the video was that a lot of us can end up um, watching a lot of content about aviation or about business or whatever you're wanting to research. Um, and and we end up just wasting a lot of time just consuming content, and it's disguised as research. We think we're actually furthering our pursuit of something or we're getting closer to doing it, but we're not actually doing the thing that we're watching about. Does that make sense? Like, so my, my point is in this, if, if you, you know, uh, audience member listening to this are really interested in starting YouTube, I think the best thing you can do is just go make a video instead of spending 10 hours researching it or listening to advice and stuff, because you could listen to 10 hours of advice, but then all you've done is racked up more brain knowledge. You haven't actually done anything. And I would always put my money on the entrepreneur that defaults to like action and actually doing the thing we're talking about rather than just researching it. And obviously this goes without saying, definitely get the permission and supervision of a parent before you're doing this. Don't just march off and put yourself online. Uh, but if you're leaning towards wanting to do this and your parents are good with it and they're helping you supervise it, um, I just wouldn't get too caught up in, in researching YouTube. Like the best thing you can do in anything is just start doing the thing that you're wanting to go do. Well, I think that's super valuable advice um, for no matter what you're choosing to do in your life. And, and what's exciting about it is in today's age, um, anyone listening to this basically has access to technology to go pull it off. You've got access to a phone, whether it's yours or a parents, and uh, there's a lot of free editing software out, available out there. So there's no excuses. You can literally get started and create a free YouTube uh, channel and and uh, get started this week. So uh, thank you, Charlie, so much for all of the really valuable lessons that you've shared with us over the last four episodes talking about this topic. And um, if you've got questions and you're listening to this this episode and and you're thinking about doing this yourself, but you you've got something that's kind of bugging you and you're trying to find answers to that, or or maybe you've already done this and you've you've got additional things you want to share with the community, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please send us an email over at podcast at bossclub.com and maybe we'll feature you on a future episode. In the meantime, uh, we hope you have a great week and, and we'll see you on the next episode.